Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Hey, hello, church family, and thank you for connecting with us once again. You know, if this is your first time connecting with us, I hope I can, I wish I could reach over, reach into that screen and shake your hand. You know, it sure was a pleasure to see a lot of your eyes this past Sunday. You know, my wife and I, we've been married for 21 years, and we were on our way to dinner, and she looks over and she says, hey, you have beautiful eyes. And I said, we've been married for 21 years, and you're barely noticing my eyes? She says, no, well, the mask highlights your eyes. So it sure was a pleasure to see a lot of you, a lot of your eyes, and hopefully sooner and not later we'll be able to see your smiling faces where we could once again come together and worship and sing loudly to the Lord. You know, I want to preach to you on the subject, how to take your Jerichos. And I want to thank the, uh, Pastor Nestor and Dayspring for the opportunity that they've given me to come and minister the word of the Lord. But before we go into his word, what do you say we pray and ask the Lord for guidance? So I'm going to ask you right where you're at to bow your heads and let's go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before your mighty, holy, and awesome presence. Thanking you, Lord, for the opportunity you've given us, Lord, to be able to sit at your table to receive your word. God, we thank you, God, that this word, God, will come into our hearts to nourish us, to bless us, that we may grow and mature. God, we ask just as you have fed the children of Israel so many years ago through manna from on high, we ask that this word come alive, Lord, that you descend upon our hearts and our minds, that this word will come alive in our hearts. Anoint my lips of clay, that I'll be able to speak your word and your truth. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. How to take your Jerichos. You know, the book of Joshua is a book of conquests. It's a book of battles. Joshua, after so many years, being second in command with Moses, is now at the forefront. Moses is now past. He is now dead. And because of his disobedience, Moses wasn't allowed to enter into the promised land. But Joshua is now at the front. He is ready to take over the promised land. But because of disobedience, Moses could not enter. But because of obedience, Joshua is given the opportunity to come into the land that was promised by, his, promised by God to his forefathers many years ago. You know, Joshua had uh, the walls, Jericho, in front of him, but he had God's promise over them. But they still had to strap on their boots and they still had to take their swords. What I'm trying to say is that if you do your part, God will do his part. You know, Joshua and the children of Israel had crossed over the Jordan River on dry ground and they're finally standing on Canaan soil. And they have removed all the reproach of the wilderness and have once again started observing Passover. They have completely and explicitly um, followed the commands of the Lord and now they're able to physically and spiritually begin the conquest of Canaan. Now they're ready to claim their inheritance, the promised land, uh, the, the promised land that was promised uh, to them by their forefathers, promised to them by God uh, 
but to their forefathers many years ago, the land that flowed with milk and honey. Now, this land didn't flow with milk and honey, literally. It's just indicative of what that land was. It, it, milk and honey uh, is, is a demonstration of life. But, but as it is with most things in life that are worth having, the victory won't be easy, and surely it won't be cheap. You know, Jericho was an opportunity for them to stretch their faith and flex their military muscles and experience the victory and conquest. But don't forget this. This was a big deal for the average Israeli soldier. You know, most of these men had never seen a walled city like Jericho. They certainly had never seen a city fall like Jericho. So as they stood at these, at looking at these massive walls, I'm sure that many of these Israeli soldiers, if not most of them, thought to themselves, this is impossible. There's no way that we're going to be able to conquer this great and this big and this massive city. But they listened to the instructions given by Joseph. And they obeyed the commands of, the, of God. As a result, they saw the impossible become a reality. And the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Now, I'm sure that there are many, there are some, or, or maybe several of you who are watching me online thinking or asking, when I told you to open up your Bibles and turn with me to Joshua, you probably thought to yourself, what in the world does this old book of stories about battles and wars have to do with me today? Well, listen to me. It has everything to do with you today. This book, this book that is over 4,000 years old, is just as relevant and even more relevant to your life and my life than the news or the Sunday paper. You see, every single one of us is living in days of spiritual struggle. There is a battle raging around us and in us. That's why we need to know how God has already promised the victory. We need to know how to possess the promise of victory. And we need to know how to fight from victory, not for victory. That's why I love the book of Joshua so much. It's a book full of lessons that teach us how to do all of that. You know, during World War II, one soldier asked General MacArthur, who was the greatest general? Was it Alexander the Great? Was it Napoleon? Was it Caesar? Was it Attila the Hunt? But when all the other names had been exalted, General MacArthur gave them the name of one he believed was the greatest general in history. He said, Joshua. Well, if Joshua was the greatest general in history, then no doubt his greatest military victory was the Battle of Jericho. It was, one, it, it was one of the greatest stories of victory in all of the Bible. And it has great application for us today. Just as they face the big, bad walls of Jericho, we face some big, bad walls in our lives today. Just as they had learned to overcome these walls and claim victory, we have to learn to claim victory that God has already promised and provided for each and every one of his children. Now look at Joshua's problem. 
Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. It says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Notice what, is it, notice what it says. Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. You see, the inhabitants of, of Jericho knew the God of the Israelites. They knew the power that he had. They weren't so much afraid of the Israeli army as much as they were afraid of the God of Israel. And in order for Joshua and the children of Israel to conquer the rest of Canaan, they first had to conquer Jericho. But there was one problem. And that problem was Jericho. And Jericho wasn't just any ordinary city. It, was, it really was a fortress, a citadel. It had high walls. It had massive gates. It controlled all the surrounding countryside. The verse I just read gives us a sense of strength when it says none went out and none came in. You know, I love the way Spurgeon puts it. He says, Jericho was the frontier city. That being captured, the conquest of the rest of Canaan would be comparatively easy. Let Jericho fall and Canaan may weep and howl for her day has come. You know, we got to learn not to focus on the problems of those walls, but on the power of our God. We've got to get to the point where we don't see them as obstacles, but as opportunities for God to show strong in our lives. Look at Joshua's promise. As Joshua and the soldiers of Israel stood looking at the high, strong, imposing, impenetrable, invincible walls, God gave them a word of encouragement. Look at what verse 2 says. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands, its kings and the mighty men of valor. You know, in a real sense, the battle was over before it even began. What encouraging word for us today to know that when we come against those obstacles, whatever kind of wall there might be, we can do with the absolute confidence that God is going to give us the victory. Just as the Lord had promised to be with Joshua, the Lord has promised to be with us. Just as the Lord promised them victory, the Lord has promised us victory. Just as they were able to march around the walls of Jericho under the banner of Jehovah Nisi, we can march forward in confidence under the banner of the promises of God. And we have promises the promises that our weapons are powerful through God. 2 Corinthians 10.4 tells us that the weapons of our warfare are, are not carnal, but they're mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. The promise that, that we fight from victory, not for victory. Romans 8.28 tells us that all things work together for good to them that love Him. The promise that, that only limit our ability is the limit of our faith. Doesn't the Apostle Paul remind us that I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me? We have his promise. We have his promise. The promise of the power in the day of battle. The promise of ongoing victory. 
The promise of his perpetual presence. The promise that one of these days, when this life is over and all the battles have ended, that we will celebrate the victory with him around his throne forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. You know, there was a song we used to sing. It says, well, sing and shout the victory. I remember we used to sing that song. It goes, victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Praise God. Now here's the takeaway. When you face the Jerichos of life, you need to learn to trust the Lord and just take him at his word. If he says victory has already won, it is. Why? Because the Bible tells us, and the Bible says that the battle is the Lord's. You know, Jesus Christ didn't save you to live a defeated and a depressed life. He saved you for victory. And he's always going to be there to enable you, to secure you for his good, for his glory, and for his honor. Can someone say amen? Will there be difficult days? Yes. Will there be trials? Absolutely. Will there be walls? Just ask Joshua. But in all and through all, let me tell you that there will be victory. Praise God. You know, Jesus said in Luke chapter 22, he said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. You know, just as Joshua had a partner, we have a partner. Look at Joshua chapter 6, verse 3 to 5. Joshua chapter 6, verse 3 to 5. You shall march around the city. All you men of war, you shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And when seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priest shall, shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horns. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet. That all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the walls of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall go up every man straight before him. You know, the Lord told Joshua to go and march around the walls of Jericho. And as they did, he went with them. He didn't leave them alone. He went with them. Joshua had a partner. He had a partner that was none other than Jehovah himself. Because remember what he did back in chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5, he says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now notice, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. In other words, God was in complete control of the battle. He was the one that was leading them. He was the one that was guiding them. 
He was the one that was guarding them. He was the one that was guarantee, guaranteeing them victory. Just as Joshua have a, had a partner, we have a partner. Jesus is on our side. Jesus is walking with us. You know, chapter 5 tells us, and when, and when Joshua met the commander of the army of the Lord, and he asked him, whose side are you on? Are you on the side of the enemy? Are you side, our side or the enemy's side? And the precarnate Christ said, I didn't come to take sides. I came to take over. Praise God. Now just let me say something. And, and if I offend you, then get over it. You know, God is not a Republican. God is not a Democrat. God is not a liberal. He's not a conservative. The only side that God wants you to take is his side, praise God. You know, it isn't, isn't it a blessing to know that when we face the walls of Jericho, when we encounter those obstacles in our lives, that we don't have to face them alone with our own strength, that when we see those walls in front of us, when we see those obstacles, when, see, when we see those trials and tribulations, that we don't have to face them alone, that God Almighty, the creator of the universe, is by our side. Amen. He is walking with us. He is with us all of the time. Praise God. And by the way, we not only have His presence and promise of victory, but we also have the provision of every weapon we need to win victory. We have the word of God. Now over in Ephesians chapter 6, when Paul listed out the different pieces of armor that, would, that the believer is to wear as we war against the enemy, he tells us about the only offensive weapon we have, the word of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, he says, And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And a lot of times we think that this is a singular weapon. But that's incorrect. Because what we have in this book isn't just a single sword, but a vast armory of weapons, that which we can wage war against the wicked one or the devil. To put it in, a, to put it in another way, we have a specific weapon to be used to fight in a particular battle that comes our way. And you may say, well, I've never heard this before, Pastor Manolo. How do you know that? Well, here's how. When Paul mentions the word of God as our offensive weapon in spiritual warfare, he doesn't use the normal word logos. No, instead he uses the word rhema. And it's the word that speaks of a particular word of God. Now picture this. This book. The Bible. It's vast armory that's filled with, with vast our array of spiritual swords. That's logos. The entirety revealed word of God. So then rhema would be a particular sword for a particular battle. We see this illustration of this truth in Matthew chapter 4. When Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. The devil came to Jesus. And when he, when, when he was tired and thirsty and hungry. 
And he said, why don't you turn these stones into bread so that you have something to eat? And Jesus responded by pulling out the sword out of Deuteronomy chapter 8. And he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, rhema, that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's how the Lord Jesus handled every single attack of the enemy. Whenever the devil came after him, whenever the devil came at him, Jesus would walk back into the armory of God's word and he would say, it is written and pull out a particular sword, just the right weapon that he needed to stick that old devil in his heart. And here's the wonderful, encouraging, exciting news for us today. That same principle that worked for Jesus back in the wilderness will work for us today when we come up against the walls of Jericho in our lives. God has a powerful word, a particular word, rhema, for whoever is facing the walls of Jericho today. But here's the thing. If you don't know your way around the armory, if you've never taken time or effort to learn or to master or to maneuver those powerful particular weapons, then how in the world are you going to know how to pick the right sword? You know, that's why it's so important for you to spend time in his book, to spend time in his word every single day, reading it, meditating on it, memorizing it. So when the devil is raging, and when you face the walls of Jericho, you'll know what sword to grab that will enable you to have victory over the enemy, to have victory over the wall that's standing in front of you. Can someone say amen? The second thing we have is the power of prayer. Now too many times we fail to realize and and utilize the tremendous power that has been given through prayer. Now listen, prayer isn't some sort of grocery list where I tell God, I need this, and I need that, and I need here, and I need there. No, prayer is getting to enter into His presence and converse with the God of the universe. The God who created everything. Praise God. The God who created you. I could talk to them. He talks to me. I tell him what's on my heart. And he tells me what's on his. Listen, Dayspring. Prayer has the power to get things done. Prayer has the power to move heaven and earth. Prayer has the power to enable us to have victory no matter what kind of wall we encounter in our lives. Have you ever thought about all the promises that God attaches to prayer? His promise is to hear our prayers. Jeremiah 33.3. Jeremiah 33.3. Call on me and I will listen. His promise is to answer prayer. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. His promise is to help us pray. Praise God. Those are the promises and those are real because His Word is truth. Praise God. You know, J. Sidlow Baxter said this. says, Men may spurn our appeals, reject our message, oppose our argument, but they are helpless against 
prayer. Praise God. There's power in prayer. And when I see power in prayer, when I see power in prayer, the real power is the power that's behind our prayer. Praise God that that prayer has the power to change every and every, every situation that we find ourselves in. Now Joshua was able to prevail. If you read Joshua chapter 6, verse 6 to 21, here's what happened. Joshua and the children of Israel did just as what Jesus told them to do. Now what did he tell them to do? He told them, march towards the city. And they marched towards the city. They marched on the city. They marched around the city one time on the first day. And the priests bearing the blaring, their their ram's horns in front of the Ark of the Covenant. Now the Ark of the Covenant, of course, we know represented the literal presence of God. They did the same thing for six days. Then on the seventh day, marched around the city of Jericho seven times. The seven priests blew long and loud on the ram's horns. The people shouted and they praised God. And when they did, the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. The soldiers took the city. Jericho was completely and absolutely destroyed. I'm trying to say, don't wait till the battle is over to shout. You can shout now. Because you know at the end, you're going to win. Because the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. And when you face Jerichos in your life, and when you face walls in your life, and when you face obstacles in your life, and when you face giants in your lives, and when you face trials in your life, be assured that your praise, your worship, your shout, your confidence in God will knock those walls down because victory has been promised to you because you have the covering of His blood over your life and God has guaranteed that He's going to give you the victory over the enemy in Jesus' name. Can someone say amen? Praise God. Those walls must come down. I remember when I was in school. I remember when I was in school and and uh, I was ditching class. There in Pacoima Junior High School. And they had this massive wall. And I remember I was the, 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 believe it or not, I was the tallest kid of all my friends. There was about three of us that that skipped class. And I remember the, the first kid jumped the wall like, like he was a grasshopper. The second one jumped the wall. But when I tried to jump that wall, I couldn't make it. The dean came, grabbed my foot, took me into the office, called my parents or my mom, and I got in trouble. Praise God. That was a big wall for me. I couldn't escalate. There's going to be big walls in our lives. The enemy is going to come after us. He's going to come right after. He's running after us. But we know that we have confidence. And we are assured that God has given us the victory through His Spirit and through His power. That it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's through His Spirit that we're able to destroy the walls of Jericho. Not through our power and not through our 
might, but through the power that God has given through us because we are children of the Most High God. Can someone say amen? You know, they heard from God. That's how they were able to win the battle. They heard from God. You know, before you do anything in life, have you heard from God? Do you hear his voice? Not only did they hear, not only did they heard from God, but they believed God. They followed God. They obeyed God. As a result, God gave them the victory. God gave them the victory because they were obedient. Praise God. Do you believe God? Do you follow God? Do you obey God? If you do those things, God will give you the victory. Praise God. Amen. We need to learn from Joshua and the battles of Jericho today. Just like Joshua at Jericho, let me tell you that God's church will prevail. Yes, God's church will prevail. Uh, we, have, we are coming up against an enemy called COVID-19. Praise God. And the church will survive. The church has survived for over 2,000 years old. It survived pandemics and fires and, and, and persecution. The church will survive. God's church will prevail. And God's people will prevail. And you too will prevail. No matter what situation or circumstances you are facing today. If you just handle your Jerichos, not your way, but God's way. Will you come and bow before Him? Will you bring your burden to Him? No matter what it is, will you trust Jesus with the walls that seem to stand so tall before you today? He can make the impossible possible. He can make the impossible possible. Doesn't Jeremiah remind us that God is the God of the impossible? That there is nothing too difficult or too hard for God? It doesn't matter the situation or the walls or the Jerichos that you are facing. There is nothing impossible for a God who is with us. Not only with us, but in us, praise God. He can make the impossible possible. He can make, he can do the undoable, doable. He can think the unthinkable. He's still the same miracle God that gave Joshua the victory in Jericho. And he is greater than any obstacle. And he is bigger than any mountain that you are facing today. As I close, what walls do you have in front of you? What walls are before you? What walls are in front of you? Do they look like the walls of Jericho? Follow the Lord and God will give you the victory in Jesus' name. Before I close, I want to pray for you. I want to ask the Lord to bless you. I don't know what circumstance or situation you are facing. What walls are in front of you? But I want to tell you that God has never left me alone. He has never let me down. And just as God has with
just as God was with Moses, just as God was with Joshua, just as God was with Jeremiah, just as God was with Isaiah, just as God was with them, God will also be with us. Take heed, take faith that God will not abandon you and God will not forsake you. God will be with you every step of the way. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.